Welcome to our 58th episode of Breaking Bread with C on Relentless Pursuit. My name is Celeste Mundo. I am your host on this podcast. Thank you so much for um, reaching out to me, wishing a good anniversary to the podcaster. I think I announced it in my last podcast that I had not realized it went past the date that I released the first episode. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. Without further ado, I'll go straight into the word. I've been wanting to um, teach about the word. If you've been around me for a while, you know how much I emphasize the importance of the word, of reading the Bible, of uh, rightly dividing the word of truth, as Paul says in, to Timothy, his son in the faith. And the importance of like understanding it in context, in the time it was said, and knowing how to generally um, read the Word of God. And I've tried to put this into context. I've tried to um, share it in different devotions, different articles, different podcasts. And it's something that we will never cease talking about until the day of Jesus Christ. So in the book of John, the first chapter, the first verse, um, he talks about in the beginning, there was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. What is this word? Recently, I started explaining a few Greek words that are very often used in scripture and that can help us understand the context in which something has been said. And one of the words that I shared was rhema or rema depending on however you want to um you want to 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 pronounce it but rema is basically a revelation that comes out of the word a spoken word that might not necessarily be written but a spoken word by the spirit it's an utterance by the spirit of god that comes by the exposure of the word for example if you are at church and then they start preaching on a sermon and then in the sermon they take one particular scripture and then the preacher breaks it down and brings it close to home as he's doing that maybe he's speaking on something completely different from your present situation but God uses that interpretation or that explanation or that demystification to actually bring a point home in what you are experiencing. That's why we say that the Spirit of the Lord ministers to each one of us according to our needs. And you feel like the sermon was for you. It was about you. It was talking about things that you were looking for answers for. And you leave church elated because you feel like God sees you, God hears you, God is interested in you understanding what's happening. Now that's Rema. And then there is Logos. Logos is the person of the word. When we talk about the word of God, what are we referencing? Why is it alive? Why does it cut sharp like a double-edged sword? Why does it carry power? It's because it's in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is Logos. Logos is Jesus. Logos is those written and spoken word of God that is true, that is beyond time, that is outside of the confines of time. That is the word that says, tell the lame to walk and they will walk. Tell the blind to see and they will see. All these signs and miracles will follow all those who believe. This is the word that we are talking about. It's what's written in your Bible that you come to read, that you come to understand, that you come to fellowship with. 
Now, the problem we get is that many people actually um, take Rema out of context. If you are not fellowshipping with the person of Logos, and then you say that you heard a voice, but what the voice is telling you, the Spirit of the Lord does speak as well. You can hear a voice telling you, don't go through this road, pass on this other one. And you're like, but Lord, I feel like there's traffic here. Why am I going there? He says, pass through this one. And maybe a few days later or the same night or a day after, there is in the news that the road that you were going to go through had some kind of danger to it. Now, we have scripture to back up such an utterance by the Spirit. So the Spirit can tell you, don't go through this road. It's not literally written in the Bible, don't go through this road. But we have a word of God that that tells us that He is a present help in time of need. He is there, a voice that He has placed there to tell us, this is the way, walk in it. So you can prove that sense that discernment that um unwritten instruction by the word of god but if you say that god has told you something and then it does not have any biblical evidence to back it up then it could be any familiar spirit spirits have no authority to dwell in the earth they have no dominion to function in the realm of the earth that's why they need a body they need something that is allowed to be in this earth to function in this earth to inhabit it so that they can carry their their their, their dealings that they can carry their duties if it's a spirit that is evil that is from the enemy that is supposed to derail you a spirit of fornication a spirit of adultery a spirit of alcoholism a spirit of fear all these things they have to dwell in a body they cannot be roaming in the atmosphere so they are also capable of speaking the same way God is spirit and he also dwells in our bodies. Those of us that have accepted the, the Lord as our Lord and Savior, have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, have confessed that he has died and risen from the dead. And that is the hope on which we hold on to. Then he also dwells in us in spirit. So his spirit needs a body as well. So the principle goes both ways, whether it be the spirit of the enemy or the spirit of God, both of them need a body. That's why when he had to come to the world, he had to take a bodily form through the person of Jesus who was fully man. So when you take the context of Logos, something that is biblically proven, biblically correct, and builds and carries the fruit of the word of God, and you express yourself in a different manner, saying you heard a spirit tell you to get out of the confines of what scripture says about, say, marriage, and you're going to marry a person who does not believe in God, who does not believe in the in the scriptures, who does not believe that Jesus died and rose again, you are going outside of the confines of what the word of God says. So that cannot be Rema and utterance of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit cannot go against God. God is spirit. 
So he cannot deny himself. The Bible tells us that God cannot deny himself. So when you do something that is not in accordance with the person of Logos, it cannot be Rema. So if a person tells you that they heard a voice, but there is no biblical foundation to test that revelation, then obviously it will not be Rema. It will be a familiar spirit. And many people have yielded to these spirits and made life-altering decisions that they leave regretting, that they leave wondering, where did I go wrong? That they have affliction that is self-imposed that they could have avoided they surrounded themselves with a multitude of counsel. The Bible tells us that in a multitude of counsel is safety. And many times people who are going down that road will get into conflict with different people, with their families, with their friends. They will get into serious arguments and then cut people off and get out of those areas and think that they are being consecrated or they're being separated or people are against them. But truly, the reality is you are removing yourself from the multitude of of, 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 of uh, counsel that should bring safety. The multitude of counsel also suggests that there is something that somebody else by the spirit is able to see that you are not able to see in that moment because of where your heart is at and i want i want to go to a scripture that i love so much it says uh second corinthians chapter four um chapter 4 verse 3 to 5 uh, i think verse 3 to 5 gives a perfect context it says but even if our gospel is veiled it is veiled to those who are perishing whose minds the god of this age has blinded who do not believe list the light of the gospel of the glory of jesus christ who is the image of god should shine on them for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your bond servants for Jesus' sake. So when we talk about light, for example, and darkness, darkness in itself has no substance. It does not exist. Darkness is simply the absence of light. If you walk in a room and it is dark, the moment you put on a light, it's lit. It's lit up. But any form of light, even if it's a beam that's coming from a corner, that is the evidence that darkness in itself has no substance. But light does, because once light comes into that darkness, then everything is revealed. Now, if you are in a room and then you bring a shadow of darkness or anything that is going to be dark and yet the room is lit, what is dark is going to be consumed. So one consumes the other by any means. The same was with, is with the cold. The cold is only the absence of heat. If it's hot and then outside, outside your house, it's steaming hot and then on the inside of the house you put on the ac you are just toning down the heat but heat actually overpowers the cold so what i'm trying to tell you is that the same is with 
faith. The same is with seeing according to the spirit. Darkness comprehends not light because light overpowers it. So people who walk in unbelief, people who don't acknowledge God, people who refuse to receive Christ, they have that darkness in them. Now the entrance of light, the Bible says that at the entrance of your word is light. So that word, the person of Logos comes into that darkness and brings light in it. And there is no way that Logos can be consumed by darkness. Matter of fact, Logos consumes the darkness and reveals that light. So this scripture, when it says that the king of this world, the king of this age has blinded them, the word there, blinded, the, the Greek meaning literally says, means, I mean, literally defines it as blunting the mental capacity for discernment or darkening the mind. I repeat that. The word for blinded in the scripture, 2 Corinthians 4, 3 to 5 that we just read, saying that Satan blinded those that are perishing. He says, if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. So let me give you a, a, a more elaborate explanation. Jesus spoke in parables because among those that were listening to him were those who had a genuine heart wanting to understand and there were those who had a hardened heart who just were listening with the intent to challenge him or to accuse him of things he did not say so he spoke in parables and then the spirit will come upon those who desire to hear or his presence would make it so that they are that they are wrapped in the presence of the one who heals and so they are able to grasp what he is saying because of the posture of their heart that is correct but then the Pharisees, for example, or the Sadducees, those people who were there to challenge him or to use whatever he said against him, they were not able to comprehend those parables because it was not given to them to understand what is being said. And so when we, when we talk about Satan veiling that, it means that there's such a darkness. There is the presence of the enemy in the life of the person that has not received Christ as Lord and Savior, that when the word comes it is veiled it sounds um un, 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 unbelievable it sounds unfathomable it sounds unrealistic it sounds like it's vain repetitions it's something that you can't really understand or grasp with your mind like what what are you telling me about a burning bush what do i have to know about a, a 99 year old giving birth like those things don't even make sense scientifically because all that they believe is what they are able to see with their eyes now the bible explains this they are blinded by the the king of this age, the prince of this world. It means blunting the mental capacity for discernment. In um, Romans 10 verse 8, I believe the Bible talks about the word of God being in our hearts, that it is near us and that it is in our mouths. And mind you, this is for the person who has not even confessed Christ as Lord and Savior. This means that every human being that has been created by God on the face of the earth, 
has it in them to recognize God when he comes in the room, to recognize what is true when they hear it, whether they deny it, whether they want to believe it, whether they want to submit to it or not, something in them bears witness with what they are hearing because that is after their nature. There is something that comes in you. There's something that mothers call a motherly instinct. Maybe your child is far away and then they're in danger and somehow you feel it in your womb that there's something wrong with the child that you bore. Even if they're 20, even if they're 30, there is that motherly instinct that does not lie. So by the Spirit, because we are children of God by the Spirit, because there's already a Spirit that is inhabiting us, it's just that it's either asleep, either um non-responsive because we have not given it life by receiving Christ, that spirit still knows and recognizes its master regardless of whatever you have chosen to do with the gift of Christ. So Paul tells us that this gospel only sounds unthinkable or unbelievable or unrealistic or impossible to those whose eyes are veiled. And he explains to us that being blinded, that this veil is actually blunting the mental capacity for a certain mind to discern what is true. So as a believer, you have to understand that if you are not able to understand certain things that pertain to the word of God, either you're misinterpreting it or you're listening to familiar spirits. But you also have to have that diligence and that willingness to go the extra mile. Number one, we can't talk about the word of God without talking about who it is about. If John tells us that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, and he tells you the word is Christ, then you have to deliberately look for Christ in everything that you read in the scriptures. Whether they're talking about tapestry, whether they're talking about pigs being thrown over a hill, whether they're talking about the sacrifices of Cain and Abel, whether they're talking about Abraham and his children, whether you're talking about Sarah and Rebecca and Isaac and Jacob, your part as a diligent student of the word is to go the extra mile to see how this connects to Jesus. And that's how you become a student of the Bible, not just a reader, but a student. One wonderful friend of mine said that the church is not in a deficiency of Bible readers. It is actually in a deficiency of Bible students that have the desire to understand, to appropriate, to relate, to have fellowship and communion with the things that they are reading in the Word of God. It's very easy to think that these things belong to other people. It's easy to think that the people of old had some kind of mirac- miraculous power in them that allows them to, to see those crazy things and believe them or to call fire from heaven or, you know, to, to, to believe that there is bread that has been uh, multiplied and fish that has been multiplied and whatever not. But really, it's not that they have that power. Matter of fact, you are equipped more than them to be able to believe those things. Why? Because the person who does it is on the inside of you. And so it becomes so hard to preach to a generation that knows too much to believe. When when Jesus says that the kingdom of God belongs to such as this, let the children come to me because the kingdom of God belongs to such as this is because children are inquisitive by nature, but also their youth allows them to believe the adult that is before them, that they are telling the truth. 
something in their heart tells them that by experience, this person has probably seen more than I have. By experience, this person probably owns more than I have. So if you tell a child that I'll bring you candy tomorrow, they don't think about it twice. They believe you at your word and when they see you tomorrow, they just ask you where their candy is. And you deliver or you keep disappointing them. But at the end of the day, even if you say you're going to bring it the next day, they'll still believe it like it's the first time you say that. Now, it's up to you to keep lying to them or to deliver so that they can keep that trust. Now, God is to be trusted. There is no man that has trusted God and been put to shame. That is completely scriptural. And we have evidence, whether it comes within the timing that we want or whether we are patient enough to wait on God, that is totally up to you. But if you have believed in God, there is no point where you will testify of shame. But what we are lacking is a man who is bold enough to just take that step and believe in actually believe like the bible says test and see that the lord is good like just give him a chance allow him to prove to you that he is faithful and he can be trusted and friends today i just wanted to bring this home to make you understand that we cannot start talking about the person of the word without establishing who it is about but beyond that it is our responsibility to go the extra mile to understand that everything you will read in scripture to one point or the other is leading to reveal Christ, is pointing to the revelation of Christ. Whether you're in the Old Testament, it's all about that revelation. In fact, if you see in the Old Testament, there is very little teaching. There is very little teaching. It was all about prophecies. It was all about uh, laws and orders and everything that was supposed to be done. But it's more of prophecies. It's more of little glances, little parts that God allowed people to see into his already finished plan. Because the Bible still tells us that he was slain before the foundation of the world. So Christ was not crucified when he came to earth. Those are things that were done in the realm of the spirit a long time ago he just came to fulfill it where we can see it with our eyes so when we are able to look past the physical realm that we are seeing and tap into the spirit by the grace of God and by the availability and the desire to commune with him with not out of lust but out of necessary knowledge job says I have desired your word more than necessary food. I have esteemed it more than necessary food. So when we set our hearts to understand that there is a life beyond this, and that life that is beyond what I'm seeing is eternal. So I don't wait for my promises counting my age. I don't wait for my promises counting my money. I don't wait for my promises counting the space in which I am or the countries I have visited or the things that I am yet to do while still in the body i am able to gain momentum to wait on the lord because i know that whatever is not fulfilled here still has a continuity to it because what lives in me is a life eternal so hoping and waiting on the lord when isaiah says those who wait on the lord shall renew their strength and they will be as wings as uh, as 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 um wings on eagles they will soar high as wings on eagles 
God is telling you that when you have the capacity to wait and sit in the process of preparation that I am doing through you, what you get is not momentum to walk. It's not momentum to run. You get momentum to fly because I thrust you to the next level because I can trust you, because I have circumcised your character i've circumcised your your heart i've removed the lust and the and the and the and the pride and the things that could have destroyed you once you actually experience the fullness of the glory i want to manifest through you as a believer this can sound like a big run-on sentence repeat it as many times if you have to But I'll be breaking down the personal logos in the next few days because it's something that I love so much. And it's always important to to repeat. Repetition is the mother of mastery. And until you can understand that there are no other solutions you're going to find outside, you're going to find them in this word. And your part is to be diligent in studying it, to read between the lines, to receive the silent instruction, to know the truths that are high and the less of truths but that are still truth to know what the word is actually trying to reveal to you and to receive it as yours not as things you've heard not as things that you've seen not as things you just hear so let's talk about but as things that belong to you as lived experiences if you ask me what it is like to grow up in the home of my parents i'm able to give you details that you might never find out elsewhere because I'm the one that has lived this experience. So God wants to give you a lived experience testimony, not a seen and heard. And I love one of my the greatest worship ministers that I listened to, Nathaniel Bassem. He sang a song called Yahweh Yahweh and he says the things you do and the way you do them, they leave me speechless. What people say I have seen with my eyes, I've touched with my hands, and I've heard it with my ears. And so this gives you an experience with a man that has experienced God in all possible form because he's made available. He's made himself available to this communion and fellowship with God. So friends, I encourage you to love the presence of God, to love, to fall in love with the person of Logos, fall in love with the word of God like you would a person because the word of God is actually a person and that is the person of Jesus Christ. Shall we pray? Father, we bless your name for this word. We thank you for the gift of your word. We thank you, Lord, that this is a reward we could never deserve and we thank you that you have not left us without wise counsel we thank you lord that you have made it possible for us to access something so tremendous so big so powerful and that makes us and sets us apart from all universe reaches lord we thank you that you give subtlety to the young man you give wisdom to the unlearned you give the learned tongue to the man that's not even been educated in the ways of the world We thank you that you quicken our spirits and that our very own spirit bears witness with the Holy Spirit you have given us. We know that when we read your word, we are being exposed to truth. We know that this truth is beyond ages, beyond time and beyond any circumstances. And we hold on to it because truth is 
older than anything we can seek to comfort us at any point in time. We give you praise, Lord, and we thank you that you hear us when we pray. Continue to reveal yourself as we expose ourselves and do our part in regards to your word. It is in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ that we pray and believe. Amen. See you next week, and please take your time and fall in love with the person of Logos. See you next week.